Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, hello, hello. We're back. It's Friday. (laughs) It is. And as always, Chargisel joins us on the third mic. As we wrap up the week. Yes, so excited to be here. Yeah, apparently you were missing us. You felt like it was way too long since the last time you've been did. here. I did. It felt like it had been two weeks. Aww. To me, it did. It did. When I walked in here, I was like, it's only been one week. But right. I've, I've been doing a lot, and yeah, so it's you, good. Uh, you did some cool stuff for Super Bowl. Yes, I did. Uh, Essence Magazine hosted their first annual, well, excuse me, their inaugural, you're never supposed to say first annual, mm-hmm. um, Black Women in Sports event, and I covered it, and I, I had a fangirl moment because I got to talk to Joanne Reed. I mean, absolutely Amazing. incredible. The, the readout in yeah. SNBC. So mm-hmm. it, it was great. It was great. And those articles, one is pinned to my Twitter um, profile right now, but At those Charles articles are so. out. Yeah, it was, it was a good Super Bowl to, for me, but I was working. I only got to party for like an hour or so because the stories were due at yeah. 7 a.m. on Monday. Yeah. Okay. So I was I was typing, clicking and clacking. Well, I hope you get a drink tonight and just enjoy the weekend. You <laughs> deserve, so. right? Hopefully so. Uh, There's always a glass of wine nearby. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I've been trying to be a bit cleaner. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, okay. Cut the sugar out. Just give me a martini or a vodka soda. Okay, healthy. Yeah, the well, healthy option. Know, Shira, I don't know if it's healthy, sister. <laughs> well, Shira and I went. Um, we went on our date last we night. We did date night. Um, it was fun. It was nice <laughs> good being out there. Um, and it's being a long out weekend <laughs> out there in the wilderness. Well, yeah, we went out to uh, the art gallery. Uh, we did. Oh, very yes. sophisticated. It was very sophisticated. <laughs> Your classic LA scene. Don't, totally. Don't ever do it. It's not worth it. <laughs> trust me. Before we jump into the show, though, uh, you know this is a three day weekend coming up, and I thought of you because <gasps> yes. Good Morning America ran a segment. I know you're in the in the business for a new mattress. This is the weekend to get them. Really? Yeah. Oh. They said they're what 50, is it? What 50 is to seventy percent off. No way. Pres- President's Day. Look at that. Why? I wonder why mattresses. I don't know. Good Morning America had a whole like two minute segment on it. Oh, well, I am in the I am in the marketplace for a new <laughs> ma- mattress, you know. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's a long weekend. I'm very excited about it. I that. am, too. I'm I'm heading to Santa Barbara with my partner. A little delayed Valentine's Day. Yeah. Why pay so why pay so much on Valentine's Day for everything? That's true. Do, do a Valentine's Day after Valentine's That's Day. That's true. That's what I'm talking about. I guess I'm kind of doing that, too, since I'm going on a date tonight. Oh, I, yeah. I, I was waiting for you to say tonight? it. Yeah. I mean, you already knew she. I what know, but mean? I wasn't going to say it for okay, you. Okay, excuse me, but Char didn't know. Oh. Uh, what? <laughs> Char didn't know. That's crazy. We- this is, you're supposed to be my friend, y'all. I 
just want y'all to know that. Ryan you and I didn't. I feel like we talked no. about. The, you know about the guy no. at least. We went a week without talking, and this because we've been both we've been, been busy. so busy. But this is supposed to be my friend, <laughs> and we talk about stuff like this, and I didn't even know. So wow. what's coming up on the show today? Uh, okay. <laughs> now, now I got an attitude. Now I got an attitude. <laughs> well, uh, who's the happiest athlete in Beijing oh, after goodness. gold medalist? The answer may surprise you. That yeah. is uh, later in the show. Plus, how much fear should we have with the new version of prep potentially failing? That conversation in 10 minutes. And a big surprise for a lucky fan at 2.50 p.m. Pacific, 5.50 p.m. Ah, Eastern. That's really exciting. We don't get to do that often. So the fact I that know. we get to do that today is really exciting. I hope she's listening. I know. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I said she. It could be anyone. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's Thank get into so much. Thank this you. Olympic skater Timothy Leduc uh, officially became the first out non-binary athlete to compete in the Winter Olympics. Early yes, queen. Uh, they said, I never want anyone to feel shame for parts of themselves because they've come into figure skating. I think of skaters like me who maybe want to put on makeup, go out and skate in a costume that maybe is unusual or different. But maybe they wouldn't do those things because they feel like the judges aren't going to give them as good of scores. But guess what? They got the scores and won. Great job. Uh, now, Kim Potter, the former suburban Minneapolis police officer who said Ugh. she confused her handgun for her taser mm. when she fatally shot Dante Wright, was sentenced today to two years in prison. Uh, her family denounced the sentence as being, or Wright's family, sorry, denounced the sentence as being too lenient and accused the judge of giving more consideration to the white officer than the black victim. Which she did. The judge got to crying. How do you cry for the defendant and not the victim? Yeah, and somebody here, make it make sense. And also, they uh, the way the judge said uh, that this was a less uh, like serious case compared to manslaughter. And I'm like, define less serious. What someone, does that mean? Someone lost their, their lives, lives, like, and it's less serious. I always also find it like so um, interesting to see judges like giving their thoughts about these things. Right, like, that's weird. Right, yeah. it is weird. Yeah. It's very strange uh, because it's like they are like they're taking on a godlike role. In yeah, this. you're supposed to be the moral authority yeah. up there on the bench, and you're not supposed to be sitting up there being a pundit on yeah, CNN exactly. giving your hot take. So here's Judge Regina Chu uh, giving the sentence. I recognize there will be those who disagree with the sentence that I granted a significant downward departure does not in any way diminish Dante Wright's life. His life mattered. Oh, people. Okay, uh, now moving on, the number of American adults who identify as LGBTQ has doubled over the past decade according to new Gallup poll. Over 7% of adults now identify as something other than heterosexual. heterosexual. I can barely say that word. The number is expected to continue to grow. I wonder why. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, It's expected to grow even more rapidly as younger Americans outnumber and replace older generations. The change was driven by younger adults who identify as bisexual. And also, while the number of Gen X baby boomers traditionalists held steady, the number of millennials edged up slightly to over 10%. Well, that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news? Okay, so interesting. Uh, Kelly Clarkson has a new name. It's time Mm. for the T-Report. Those uh, pop culture stories trending right now. Mm. So uh, Kelly uh, basically filed a request to legally change her last name to Brienne in her bitter divorce. Um, Like, it's happening amid her bitter divorce Uh against her ex-husband. That's still going on, that divorce. Yes, uh, 
Are you kidding me? Wow. Um, the American Idol alum start, uh, stated that she has a desire to make her middle name her new last name. Uh, she said, my new name more reflects who I am. So I wonder, it's going to be Kelly Brienne. So the I wonder, Kelly Brienne show on <laughs> which, NBC? Which sounds like it needs to be on CMT instead of NBC. It does. Yeah. <laughs> or the 700 Club. <laughs> like, literally. Like, girl, it's I don't know what it is. But um, a court hearing regarding the petition is scheduled for uh, March 28th. Um, she has not addressed her name change request on this on social media or her daytime talk show, and her reps didn't immediately like, return for requests from like blogs or you know page six or anything like that. Um, but yeah, that's gonna be interesting. I Kelly don't Clarkson. Like it. Kelly I like, so Clarkson Brienne. was her. That's ma- her maiden name. That's her maiden name. Oh, we knew her sucks. as Kelly Clarkson when she won season one she of the Idol. Married. So it wasn't even. No, a, she wasn't. Oh, no, maiden name. Okay, yeah, sorry. it wasn't even attached to her. her so ex. why does it? So I don't know maybe why. Maybe she's just shut. Some she's, people listen after a breakup. Some people get a haircut and yeah. others change their name. <laughs> yeah, Kelly Brienne. I mean, Kelly Brienne sounds like she's ready for her home, Hallmark debut. Now I'm thinking about the the 40-year-old version when he got waxed and he said, Oh, Lord have mercy, Kelly Clarkson, Eddie Murphy. Oh. <laughs> you remember that. You remember Literally never I seen that. Would, you've never seen, you've never seen that movie? That oh, that's movie. a good movie. But you know what? Because it's Black History Month, I'll cut you some Thank slack. Thank you. Did you see the color purple? Because it's on HBO Max. So that's your team report. We got more uh, pop culture stories coming up next hour. Stay tuned. Okay, well, next up, how much fear should we have with a new version of Prep potentially failing? NBC News contributor Benjamin Ryan joins us for that next. In a large clinical trial assessing Apertude, a recently approved injectable drug that prevents HIV, seven participants contracted the virus despite receiving their injections on schedule, Mm. which is very scary. And uh, so we want to talk about what this is exactly about and what happened. Benjamin Ryan, reporter at an NBC News contributor, uh, wrote about this. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, so tell us more mm-hmm. about this clinical trial. And this was obviously a surprise to come out of it, but that's why it's a, a trial. <laughs> right. I mean, there's always there can always be that kind of surprise. We know that Truvada, uh, which was approved in 2012 for use as PrEP, taking daily it can reduce HIV uh, by 99% or more among men who have sex with men. Um, but there have been some cases of breakthrough HIV or PrEP failure um, in which people have taken it on schedule uh, but still gotten HIV. But they're, they're quite rare. And by and large, those cases are all to do with very rare strains of drug-resistant HIV that are resistant to the drugs that are in both Truvada and Descovy, which are the two oral drugs that are approved for PrEP. So Apertude, as you mentioned, there's, there's a large clinical trial and it had about 4,500 men of sex with men and transgender women around the world in the U.S., Latin America, and other places. Um, and so what they found, they were comparing it to Truvada. People were randomized to either get Truvada or to get the injectable drug, which is given every eight weeks. Um, and nobody knew in the trial who was getting what. They had to have a placebo injection and a placebo pill um, for, for each side of the trial. Um, so then after, you know, about two years of follow-up, they found that there were about, let's see, about 75 or so um, HIV cases in the arm of the people who received the pills and about 25 in the people who received the injections. Uh, but about seven of those infections were among people who received their injections on schedule. Um, so the, the investigators don't know for sure why this happened, but what they think they do know is that the transmission of HIV strains that are resistant to the drug that's in Apertude, it's called cabotegravir, those ki- that, that kind of transmission is vanishingly rare, 
So it's very unlikely that drug-resistant um, HIV is the cause of this. Um, but just to, let's put this in larger perspective, though. The good news is that overall, the people who received the injections had about a two-thirds lower overall HIV acquisition rate than the people who got the pills. So that means on a public health level, if everyone got Abertude rather than Truvada, it would do a much better job preventing mm-hmm. HIV overall amongst men and sex with men. But the question is, on an individual level, when you're making that decision, is this right for me? The problem is, there's, they haven't done a proper comparison. They may never be able to, to determine which is more likely to have breakthrough cases. Unfortunately, um, that research just might not be able to be done, so one can only theorize. Okay, so Benjamin, thank you so much for breaking mm-hmm. down. Yeah. I mean, every single detail. Yeah. I don't even Long know if we answer. have any more questions. I was about to say, um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing. I thought what was really interesting yeah. because it was seven breakthrough like cases that happened right. out of the I guess seven out of what? Because it seems like trials mm-hmm. normally are right. kind of bigger. How many people was right. it in the in total trial then? Right. So there were uh, 4,566 uh, cis- cisgender men and transgender women in the trial. So those those were divided in two. Half got Truvada, half got Apertude. Um and then so as I said, you know, there, there were 25 infection, new infections in the Apertude group and then 72 in the Truvada group. So to put this in a larger perspective, if you're talking about a rate of infection, let's say you had 10,000 people who were, were similar, having similar risks, similar types of sexual behaviors and lived in similar places to people in this study. If there were 10,000 of those people and you gave them all Apertude, about 15 of them over a period of one year would contract break, breakthrough HIV. Um, so the, the study author I talked to and people from Vive, uh, which is the drug company that makes Apertude, they categorized that as rare. That was the way they, they considered that. So that's really up to individual people to decide, you know, is that something that really concerns me? You know, do I, you know, is this, would I feel more comfortable with Truvada? Do I have a mm-hmm. sense that it's more rare that you can get breakthrough infection than this? And unfortunately, it's really hard to answer that question right now. And we never, we may never be able to answer it uh, quite certainly. So what does the future of this technology look mm-hmm. like? Because I know that right. a lot of people do develop pill fatigue. I often, you know, mm-hmm. say that I have a degree of it and I only, I'm only mm-hmm. taking vitamins and stuff in the morning and supplements. <laughs> right. So what what does the future of this technology mm-hmm. look like as more and more people transition from like pills to an actual shot? Right. Well, such a good point. You know, pill fatigue is very real. It doesn't matter what kind of drugs you're on. And we've certainly seen that when it comes to Truvada and Descovy. And in particular, it's been a big concern because amongst African-American men and sex with men who have the highest rate of HIV, um, there's been a lot of such pill fatigue and, and a lack of adherence or just lack of interest or uptake or the lack of ability to get Truvada. Um, so that's been a big problem. So there's been a lot of thought in the overall HIV research community, like hopefully a long-acting injectable could maybe try to get around some of those problems. The flip side of that is, you have to go into the clinic every other month to get an injection. So then you could have injection fatigue. So, you know, it's just, it's not a simple answer necessarily, but there are also a lot of other longer acting drugs and long acting pill that you only take once a month in injections that would be every six months that are in the pipeline. So there's a lot more that's coming down the pike that could happen, you know, in the coming years. But in the short term, the problem is Apertude is priced at about $1,850 per month uh, to get these injections. And right now, insurers generally haven't started covering it. It was only approved by the FDA in the end of December. And meanwhile, Truvada has gone generic and is available for as little as $26 a month. So you can imagine that these insurance companies are probably going to be quite reticent 
of paying for something that's that much more expensive and require a lot of prior authorization forms and that kind of thing to get a doctor to assure them, like, this person absolutely needs this injectable. They could never take a pill every day for whatever reason. Um, but that's, that's a big uncertain about whether Apertude is really going to be covered widely by insurance. Okay, well, you broke it all down. We really appreciate mm-hmm. you for joining us today. That was Benjamin <laughs> Ryan, reporter and NBC News contributor. Mm-hmm. Follow him on Twitter at Ben Ryan Writer. Thank you again. Thanks a lot. Okay, what's next, Ryan? Okay, well, LGBTQ plus athletes are showing up and showing out in Beijing. So why do they feel invisible during their coverage? That is coming up in about seven minutes. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. While a record number of out-LGBTQ plus athletes are competing at the highest levels in the Beijing Winter Games this year, you know, even as the host country's government has accelerated in uh, silencing um, all these LGBTQ, you know, advocacy and speech in the country, it's it really interesting to see that these athletes are still feeling invisible when it comes to the coverage that's happening, right? This mm-hmm. is the most queer mm, yeah. Olympics that we've seen, and it still feels like they are feeling silent. Um, well... I wonder why. Let's talk about it. Kate Sawson is joining us from the 19th. Um, They are an LGBTQ plus reporter. Thank you so much for being here. 
Thank you so much for having me. It's so, always good to be with you. You know, we always love having you on the show. You're so great. Let's talk about this, though, because it's really interesting. Out of, you know, this being like a record number, why really are these athletes feeling like kind of invisible during this coverage? Are they not getting the same um, kind of notoriety as we would you know, talk well, about? Yeah. So I think it's important to point out, you know, in the U.S., there has been some coverage of the fact that this is a record-setting year. There's 36 out athletes competing in Beijing. But in China, um, you know, it's it's not um, – homosexuality is legal in China, but there's been increasing censorship of LGBTQ um people, LGBTQ culture and life across social media, across media. And so there's been this crackdown. And so the question is, will the Chinese government, will state-sponsored mainstream news media recognize what is really this incredible moment of queer representation in sports happening in the country? And so, uh, and it looks like, no, people are really scared um, Mm. to do that. Well, yeah, and and why does uh, the Olympics committee keep hosting the Olympics, knowing how diverse it is at these places that don't welcome those groups? That's kind of the question that we set out to ask. Um, my colleague Orion Rumler and I did a story that, that looked at that question, which is that you know a lot of advocates, athlete ally, and other groups have pushed the IOC to take into account human rights of different countries in hosting, in particular, LGBTQ plus track records, right? And so in hosting these major events, and this will go for the World Cup too. So if you were going to host big games, then they would say, hey, look, if you're going to pass one of these anti-LGBTQ propaganda bills or another huge bill, like you can't, you don't deserve to have one of these games. So we saw that in 2014 with with Russia um, because there was a, an anti-LGBTQ propaganda bill there. Um, and after that, they they actually passed a non-discrimination uh, kind of clause called Principle 6. Um, and so in future games, there is this non-discrimination clause that's going into things. But the question is, like, what kind of teeth does that have and, and what does it hold? And the, the answer is, you know, China was bidding against Kazakhstan for the games this time around. So... Um, Kazakhstan was considering an anti-LGBTQ bill, and this bid killed that. But mm-hmm. you only have two countries bidding, and both have not great LGBTQ track records. Yeah, um, that's a really hard sell. You need to get countries that have good track records that want to host the games. And the reality yeah. for the Olympics right now is that a lot of countries don't don't want the games. Oh, wow. So Really? So if you're just now tuning in, we're talking to Kate Sasson, who's an LGBTQ plus reporter at the 19th. So with these bills and, and, you know, this type of legislation passing, it's almost like what's the point of passing it if if there won't be actual tangible reinforcements to see it through, right? So, yeah. And and what advocates have told us is that um, the, the time to really push that push those sort of um, mandates is really when host countries are bidding. So one is like there needs to be better incentives set up so that these host countries want to host games Mm -hmm. um, and better checks in place for human rights in general, not just LGBTQ plus rights, but but rights for for people in general. And then um, the other 
big thing that people want to talk about is what happens if games are awarded and then after the fact um, a country passes a, a bad bill, for example, or or goes back on a promise that they made. So um, the World Cup is an example that has been raised. You know, um, the U.S. has been awarded, um, you know, hosting for the World Cup, and we are passing anti-trans bills right, in lots of states. And um, there's a question about, is should the U.S. be able to host the World Cup given a lot of anti-LGBTQ legislation that we have moving throughout our states? Um, should we have to pass the Equality Act in order to deserve um, to host a, a global event of that size? Uh, whatever happened with Tom Daly calling for the Olympic ban on countries or being gay is punishable by death? Did anything come of that? Yeah, there. Yes, and and this is that principle six campaign, right? So um, principle six, a lot of um, major out athletes called for this non discrimination clause. Um, that is really like what a lot of athletes and and. Uh, queer rights groups call like the floor, right? Which is like, um, we need something better than just um, the most hostile countries. Now, there is some debate within the community about maybe we should go to hostile countries and uh, bring these games to these places in order to show the diversity of the games and force them to sort of look at this community and the beauty of it. Um, and of course, that's really controversial, right? Because you're exposing queer athletes to dangerous scenarios. Not everyone agrees with that. So um, it's complicated, but overwhelmingly, it sounds like in the advocacy community around sports, that there's a desire to see um, much stricter uh, standards. And what the IOC says, of course, is that they do not take a stance on political issues. Mm. And the question is, are LGBTQ rights a political issue? Oh, hey. Yeah, that's true. Well, all right. Thank you so much, Kate Sasson, for joining us, who is an LGBTQ plus reporter at the 19th. We appreciate you for always coming on and educating us. Thank you all. Happy Friday. Oh, yes. You yes, too. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Speaking of happy Friday, we've got a surprise for a Channel Q listener that will warm your heart. Stick around for that next. Yes, today is a special day for one of our listeners in Cleveland, Ohio on Q104. Her name is, okay, I'm I'm reading this out. I know you're listening. Desi, today is her 12th birthday. Happy birthday, Desi. Happy birthday, Queen. Happiest of birthdays, Desi. And you know how we found out? This was really cool. We found out through Desi's grandmother that she and Desi are fans of Channel Q. And specifically, I'll note this. Let's go there. She loves Ryan's voice and says she likes how sassy he is. Uh Uh-oh. I mean, honestly, she's an icon. If she, if she can handle my sass, then she's she's good to go. Uh, it all started, though, when we received an email from the Desi's... Children of the future. Yes, grandmom back in December. So, yeah, the, the email was just how they uh, would love to know how to access the daily playlist, archive playlists. They love Channel Q. Uh, the grandmother says, my 11-year-old granddaughter, Desiree, makes up dance routines and makes her own playlist from your Channel Q 104 here in Cleveland, Ohio. My daughter and I love the commentaries and talk shows. Keep up the great work. Melza. Thank you, Melza. That was just so sweet. Well, our program director responded to Melza, found out that Desi's birthday was coming up, and 
you know, we created a whole plan to make her birthday a little extra special. Um, and she added that um, she would really appreciate this. And it's like beyond words. Whatever you put together will make her little soul spill over with joy. She's had a very tough year that you are helping us all heal from. Aww. Yeah, you continue to touch our hearts. And that's how we got addicted to Channel Q in the first place. Just so sweet. Well, let me tell you this real quick. Desi, I don't know if uh, our show is 12-year-old appropriate. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, you know, if you're watching Euphoria, then you can listen to anything. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you so much. And uh, guess what? We also have a special message from one of Desi's favorite Channel Q artists. The artist is Annabelle England. What did Annabelle have to say? Hey everyone, this is Annabelle England checking in with my friends on Channel Q because today is a special young lady's birthday. Desi, I absolutely love all of the videos you and your grandmother make to my songs. Happy birthday, girl. Keep on dancing. I mean, happy birthday, Desi. And here's to you having a great day and, I mean, a year that you deserve. And here is one of your favorite songs. And ours, Annabelle's Midnight Rapture with a little Dua Lipa thrown into there for, you know, just some fun. Ooh. Ha- have a good time. Happy birthday, Happy Icon. Birthday. Happy birthday. And we love you, Amelza. You're amazing. Yep. Okay, so we just mm. um, honestly have, Channel Q has premiered this song today. Love and it. it's one of my new favorites, uh, Years and Years, Ali. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely incredible queer artist out of uh, the UK and regard and honestly I hope we start playing more and more years and years on the channel because we deserve and he's incredible love it and that song is fire yep don't we all agree I agree the silence I didn't w- say that <laughs> no I was in- <laughs> I was in here thank moving thank you producer and- Justin no I was in here I moving and a grooving <laughs> Well, the show continues, but more music coming up on Channel Q, including from great queer artists. But we're going to be getting into why bronze medalists are happier than silver and how that impacts us at 4.20 p.m. Pacific, 7.20 p.m. Eastern. Plus, a viral video of a man taking creepy photos out in public. Should he be allowed to? The debate is on in 30 minutes. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour, though. Two Missouri students are suing their school district for banning books that talk about LGBTQ identities as well as books about race. In a class action lawsuit against the Wentzville School District, it's been filed on behalf of the students who have not been identified by name by the ACLU of Missouri. The complaint names eight critically acclaimed books that the district has removed from school libraries. Listen to this. I, I Have you read these books? Allison Bechdel's Fun Home, a tragic... A family tragic comic, and George M. Johnson's All Boys Aren't Blue. We've had George on the show. And yes, I've read that book. Toni Morrison's The Bluest Eye. <laughs> Another one. I think today is Toni Morrison's birthday. Oh. And Audre Lorde. Audre Lorde. Audre Lorde. Yeah. Aziz Ansari and Eric Klinenberg's Modern Romance was banned. You know what? Guess what? I'm going to take out um, all the... Well, I'm going to like file a lawsuit when I have kids on the, the sex ed. You teach my kids about straight sex and penis and <laughs> vagina, you're getting sued. Take my kid out of it. I don't want to hear by about the, the heterosexuals. In fairness, Take it out of do it. In, in fairness, by the time you have children, all of this will probably be so inclusive, this won't even be a hot take. Guess what, Char? Hopefully. I have a baby on the way. Oh. No. Right now. Big announcement. Ryan's pregnant. Does Coco know? I'm not pregnant, Coco's Shira. the mom. <laughs> <laughs> you got to forgive Shira. She's eating cold beans out of a can. It's like literally. Soup. Like an unhoused person. <laughs> Next up, uh, Biden spoke to the nation today about how Russia's invasion of the Ukraine is imminent. 
As of this moment, I'm convinced he's made the decision. We have reason to believe that. I've spoken with Zelensky a dozen times, maybe more, I don't know. And, uh, and uh, it's, uh, in, in, in the pursuit of a, di a diplomatic solution, uh, it may not be, fall it may, may be the wise choice, but it's his decision. This is wow. scary. Yeah, definitely. Scary stuff. Unfortunate because people kept talking about how, oh, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Well, I knew it was going to happen. Every, I don't know why. We're dealing with Putin here. Yeah. He likes this. This is honestly his king. He's a messy queen who lives for drama. <laughs> like, honestly. Literally. I don't know why we are so shocked about this, but it really proves that it, no matter what, we're not thinking about things criti uh, critically and we're not thinking ahead of time. Like, you know, a few steps ahead. And so, like, and we're just allowing things to happen and we're like, oh, yeah, we, we now and he's going to do it. But also, in true American fashion, we won't care until it comes for the home team. That's true. <laughs> so, That's true. Yeah. You know, we're very self-centered people over here. Well, that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Oh, my gosh. Well, it's Char. Char. Um, <laughs> it's Char Friday, Shira. I want to get you all's opinion on this, so I'm going to be really, really quick. So, Neo Singer is stirring up controversy um, because he was recently blamed, uh, excuse me, asked for his opinion on who's to blame for the popularization, excuse me, of misogynistic music and social media users are taking sides. Now, uh, during his latest stint on the cruise show, Neo said, it's gotten super misogynistic, which I don't understand. And mind you, I can only blame us men halfway for halfway. the problem. Yes, he said, uh, because as a woman, he said, if a man sings that you're a bee and you choose to smile at him, he's probably going to do it again and again and again. And the more misogynistic the lyrics get, the more y'all accept it. And the more that's going to happen. Oh, that's just kind of oh. what it is. How many times did he cheat on his wife? Remember, he did trick, didn't he trick Moneta Shaw into getting a hysterectomy only to then leave nice. her and impregnate yeah. another woman? Sounds like a winner. Like, how many times did he do what he did? Well, what's your, Jamel Hill had a hot take on this and she said, replace women with black people and replace B words with N words. Mm. And now see how this feels on the on yeah. the ear, Neo. What are your takes on this? Is it, is it, are women to blame? Partially no. to blame for misogynistic music. What say you? No, because men were like that like have been like that forever so they've been just doing their thing like that for a long time and we're just reacting to the uh, patriarchy that we've been having to exist in and there have been certain women that have pushed back in history yeah, i'm someone i like my let me tell you something i like my hip-hop raggedy so maybe i'm part of the problem don't come to me with all that conscious rap comment where's juvenile where is the, you know do we everyone have a, has do their a, different kids do, we have, a, do we have a bird we um, do have a bird. When I go to the club, you I want to get down and dirty. I do Ooh. like, but you know what? I also like a lot of female rappers who take yeah. control of their own sexuality. And I that's like how it's Trina. supposed to be. I like Little Kim. I like Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B and City Girls, and the list goes on and on. I think Neo's dead wrong with this. I think he's dead, yeah, dead course. wrong. You can't blame women for men's this misogyny. This is the worst hot take from him ever. Continued misogyny. Like his Until he hot becomes take is Mother a Teresa, he needs to shut the hell up. Mm. Well. Sorry, Desi, That's, if you're listening. That is the tea report for this hour. <laughs> oh. But, you know, she she likes sassy Ryans. That was a sassy You can't Ryan. say sassy. Desi can say sassy. <laughs> 
Y'all know how I feel about the word. I didn't want to ruin Desi's Happy moment. Happy Black History Month. Y'all know how I feel about sassy the word. Sassy Ryan. Like, People call me sassy all the time. Okay, Oh, sure. and it's, it's the same, Shira? We <laughs> can get into the conversation. You might want to go I to would break. love to. Break. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Well, 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 Ryan and Shira, it is now time for the Char Says So segment on the Friday. Cool, that means I can relax. Yeah, we're just leaning back. You know you're standing. Well, recently, LaToya Luckett, this past weekend, she starred in a Lifetime movie titled Line Sisters. I don't know if you all got a chance to watch it. Yeah, shout out to Michael Chin. That was his last uh, brainchild and project at Lifetime before he left. So shout out to my friend Michael Chin. So the New York Post caught up, page six caught up with LaToya Luckett, who is a former member of Destiny's Child. And LaToya said she's never annoyed when somebody brings up Destiny's Child because she's so blessed and grateful to experience everything. You know, she was a little girl. For those who do not know, Destiny's Child had some member change up in 1999 and 2000, where LaToya and Latavia, who were two founding members of the group, were ousted. And then that's how we got Michelle and Independent Woman, Survivor, et cetera, et cetera. Now, she said that she feels that it's a place in her life that she is very, very proud of, but she gets perturbed when people whittle down all of her accomplishments just to Destiny's Child because LaToya Mm. has gone on to be a fairly successful actress. Her solo album was number one on the pop chart. She's released two or three solo works. She's pretty successful in her own right. Yeah, she's very successful in her own right. And I'd argue that... uh, The most successful? Not the most. We know who the most successful is. Well, no, I'm talking about outside of Beyonce. Uh, she's ne- she might be neck and neck with Kelly Rowland. Like that's why if I, not, I, I, I feel that. More. I oh, most yeah. definitely. But for some that. reason, Kelly Rowland, like her PR is better. Like she feels more like a household name. Well, that's because she remained in the group. Latoya lost visibility when she was ousted from Destiny's Child. Keep in mind, this was 20-something years ago. So my question to you all today and what I want to kind of speak to is, have you ever been in a situation where you have been whittled down to one instance, whether it be a mistake or a career-defining moment that you can't seem to shake? Because I was also thinking about, like, beloved TV characters, for example, like the Golden Girls, Rue McClanahan from the Golden Girls, who was Blanche. To me, she was forever Blanche, but that's to a lot of other people as well. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, uh, just certain characters. There's uh, Maya from Girlfriends, Ryan. Uh, Golden right. Brooks. She'll always be Maya. So how do how do you deal with that? And have you all ever dealt with that, being whittled down to one instance of your career? Well, I think as I... 
um, navigate a, a new career I, um, that I'm currently in, right? I think a lot of times is working in queer spaces, mm-hmm. you can be a pigeonhole to only queer projects, especially if you are queer and black. Mm-hmm. If you are, you're being called for Black History Month things, and you're being called for queer pride stuff, only those things, right? And for me, I have made it very clear in the people that I work with are the intentions of what I want to do that I don't want to just be there for that. I'm not just coming to um, to talk about those things. These are all a part of who I am. Um, I walk in the room and I'm all of these things because Hello. that's what intersectionality yeah. it is. Um, but for the most part, I, I feel like I have done a, a, a pretty good job of not being pigeonholed just because I, I just, I mean, I said a firm thing, but I think um, it can happen and I do think it's a fear. For sure. Before you mm-hmm. weigh in, Cher, I want to point out that producer Justin just pointed out uh, Jaleel White with yeah. Urkel. And I thought about Alfonso Ribeiro with Carlton yeah. on The Fresh Prince, how these people can't seem to shake yeah. these d- career-defining it's interesting, characters. interesting, because Will Smith, obviously Fresh Prince, iconic, but he's had an illustrious career since. Well, so because his career was set up to and have And he started out as yeah. a rapper. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, for me... I think that, like, some people just know me as, oh, Shira, like, what's trending? The mm-hmm. company I created, which I feel very proud of, but, uh, you know, uh, and I take advantage of it when I need to, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> but then there's so many other parts of me and so many other things I want to do. And so sometimes I feel like pig- pigeonholed or actually it's the opposite where someone will see something I do on Instagram because I'm covering wellness and then will forget that I have over a decade or two decades in digital culture expertise, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that as humans, just naturally how our brains work, we like to, like, in order to understand someone, it's like, how do I connect with you? How it's the context? And so we might have met you in a certain way, and we'll always remember that, right? Mm -hmm. That's how we are just psychologically and behaviorally, But but embarrassing moments sometimes define us as well. Like, we got to be careful with that. And Ryan, I'm glad that you brought that talking point up. I did a whole Twitter thread about this last year. I'm most popular in February, March, and June. Black History Month, Women's History Month, and Pride Month. And it's like, uh, hello, people. Like, I have so much journalistic merit. Put me in the room. Um, And it's also also just not fair. (laughs) Well, because, I mean, if I'm being honest, like, when... It, it even is like the critique about representation, right? And even like when it comes to like actors and like uh, filmmakers who are black and, you know, oftentimes we're not giving the same kind of opportunity to just like make mediocre content. Like mm-hmm. a lot of times it comes with, oh, it has to, it has to represent us all. It has to be a message into it. And when other, mm-hmm. when non-people of color, they can make any character, they can make any story they want and it's not getting that same critique, right? Because yeah. the world has put in the box of what they want to accept from the type of stories that they want from like if it's a, a trans led story they want to it's see the trauma be, it's gotta be trauma <laughs> if, it's, if it's a black story they got, be, it has to have police brutality attached to trauma. it trauma yeah tra- just trauma attached to it instead of realizing that we are fully developed humans and we have fully developed experiences and we're not a monolith and I think that is what Ooh. we should be you know taking away and making sure that we have a clear understanding about who humans are and who we are when we show up in the room because it's mm-hmm. Black History Month I want to ask you all, you both, have you seen the meme that's going around where it's like streaming services be like, enjoy our Black History Month. You know, we're honoring <laughs> and it's like 12 years of slave. Oh my God. The butler. Are you kidding? Uh, like, no, but they really, crazy. they really, before these conversations were <laughs> happening, they'd be like, celebrate Black History mm. Month with us. Here are, you know, horrible things uh, to watch. Roots. 
12 years a slave. You know, like, yeah. it's like we're so much bigger than that. So I love that LaToya Luckett brought that up because literally, yes, she was a founding member of Destiny's Child, but that split happened literally in 2000. Yeah, and I was just going to say as we wrap things up, like, no, we when, keep, when we, we, we well, well, when we introduce them, we have a guest. We always deal with that where they either have a family member that is famous or they're known from something big. We need to keep reminding people of that for context. Yeah. So sometimes media is also feeding into that because that's the thing that will get searched or we know like will allow or someone someone's to click ex. into it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Could you imagine being like a Karuchi? She still can't escape Chris Brown and she's an Emmy Award winning actress. Yeah. You know, she's went on. That relationship happened a decade ago yeah. and a lot of people still look at her and diminish her to just Chris Brown's ex. Well, I didn't even think about that, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, more show coming up next. An, a viral moment that has come up recently. A man taking a creepy photo out in public. But should he be allowed to? That's next. Okay, we're talking about the, yes, the creeps out there. A man was caught in the act of filming an unsuspecting woman from behind, and it sparked a debate on TikTok. The clip has gotten over 700,000 views. Uh, and this person who posted it said, having brunch with friends and we caught this. It shows a man sitting alone in a restaurant playing on his phone, but you could see on his phone, he's zooming in to someone's behind and recording it or taking a picture of it. I don't even know what it's doing, but all I can say is it's creepy. So does you have the right to do something like this? Uh, is it the right thing to do? I mean, I guess those are two questions. He has the right, not the right thing to do. Well, what I will say is we don't know the context. It does it does appear very creepy. But who's to say that he's not like might maybe sending an example of something to someone? Like, oh, you want I'm <laughs> Look just at these saying. pants. These are cute pants. No, you you never know. We don't know the context. He was zooming in on her be, her backside. He looked creepy and it's uncomfortable and I'm not okay with seeing someone. I would have actually probably gone and tapped that man on his shoulder being like, "Sir, what are you doing?" What are you doing? We literally just had a conversation yesterday. And what yesterday, if told you to mind your business? And I would have said, this is my business. Ma'am, did you know that he <laughs> yeah. was recording you? Because it's, 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 it's just like... harassment. We literally just did a, a story about this, about a, a, a bartender saw a guy um, basically drug a girl's drink and he swapped the drinks. What? Yes. Yeah. And it was one of those things where it's just like, when we witness things, if, how are we supposed to end this type of culture if we don't call it out in the, in the well, middle Well, I think, I think part of the, the issue with this phone thing in particular is that there is really no assumed privacy when you step out when we step out if we were to take a field trip to Ralph's right now anyone could do anything with their phones as it pertains to us all we can do is ask them to please not record me especially in the TikTok culture of it all. please of don't record please don't record so me so here's the thing of course we could all do whatever we want to do as long as it, there's legalities are in it but there's also what is like common courtesy like social etiquette Right? Oh, of course. And I think that's like where we cross the line, where a lot of social media culture crosses the line of social etiquette. Of course, we can do something. Doesn't mean we have to or we should be doing what? it. Okay, so what's the definition of social etiquette in this? Because when it's a Karen, we want that on tape, right? Well, so that's cap. Well, yeah. So in a Good way, point. he was. It, it, Good but point. We were. So this clip of someone capturing this guy 
is the right thing because we're calling out bad behavior, right? And setting an example. I still say it's subjective. Also, it did uh, look Karen, very creepy, but it's we well, don't know what he was doing. Uh, us, Why would he need wait, to do so, it? Yeah. We don't know. <laughs> we wait, don't know. That is strange. We so don't know. Here's that the thing: us capturing him, questioning this, this seems sketchy. I think it's the right thing because it brings up a bigger conversation, right? And paints him as a bad guy, but, but then, we don't know what he but was so, doing. But him. Doing that without he painted consent. himself as that. Yeah, so I we don't. Of course, we don't know. There's context, but the way he was doing it looked very like he was being sneaky about. Yeah. it. Yeah. Well, because when you sneak and record people, I okay. This is Should what be I will say. Recording people. Okay, but I, this is what I will say is I have snuck and took pictures of people. Why? If I see, oh if, well, now let's get I, to it. Let me, we're let me get to it. No, I'm gonna get very specific. I was at an everyday people party and some boy had on a a, a jean jacket across the room that had a very cool saying on the back of it. And and I took a picture well, of it. But no, no, no. Oh. Shh, shh, shh. No, 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 no. <laughs> I snuck and took a picture of his jacket uh-huh. because I liked the jacket. But were you hiding it? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't like, I wasn't intentionally hiding it, but it might have looked sneaky to someone. Now, I ha- okay, here's the He bit. was across the room. It's a party. I can't beeline over there to say, oh, excuse me, where'd you get your jacket? I took it so that then I could maybe ask around and see where he got it. Or if I see him later on in the party, I could maybe inquire as to whether but it was custom made or if he got it from Let ASOS. me tell you how that's different. You're at a party where there's probably a roaming camera taking like little moments and like candid. Yeah. Them. This was at a coffee shop where the man was just sitting there zooming in on some girl's behind. Yeah, it's that's a that's a completely every different. Every time setting. we step out outside of our homes, our apartments, what have you, we are susceptible. It might not be right, but there's literally nothing we can do but ask someone to please don't film me. There's nothing we can. I don't do. know. You can call it out, and you can film the guy, and you can film him right back. You I think guess. it's too know. much of like a uh, bully culture? Like we're bullying. This no, I, no, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Now. Uh, <laughs> I I I don't think it has anything to do with bullying. I just think that okay, so you mm-hmm. let's say you don't ask. Let's say you take matters into your own hands. Now that's tipping the line of harassment. Uh, but who was harassing yeah, first? Yeah, if you just said, "Hey sir, I noticed you you doing that. That might not be comfortable with this person." You know. And he turns to you and says, "B word, get out of my face and mind your business." Now what? And then you go now to that person. Ready to, now you, you ready go to, that to fight? Person, no, now you maybe, ready to fight? You don't need to fight. You no, go to that person yeah. and say, "And say, hi. You should know that this person." Just I, that's that's you. exactly what I'm doing. I'm okay. calling the person that was the subject of what is in that camera and being and like, say, "Yeah, you, do, were can being you delete sneak- that right now." Yes. And yeah, like let's. But you can't force anyone to delete anything. Because off how do we know that photo isn't like? How do we know that guy isn't like stalking the subject? Yeah, like he could have been. He could have been following her like this he is like a have. whole other thing like that's what I'm saying we could have been in trafficking literally there could stuff. be an apple air tag on her ass cheek and yeah. she don't even know it <laughs> so all I'm saying is it's a very it is a slippery slope but I cannot do, control but I think how we have to we, I think it's, but the more you we call have to go the and call it out yes the I more do. it's like oh I'm gonna feel okay, awkward so about to flip doing it, this because I know we have to go to so to flip it to what Ryan had to say really quickly what then would you suggest Shira if it's a Karen going off in Trader Joe's getting in your face telling you to put your phone down and stop recording me no, because I'm upset I'm about cap- the plantain chips. Different. I'm well, because someone's life can be at uh, yeah. I'm at capturing risk on something because someone's be- done something wrong. There's a difference between capturing someone who's done something wrong to call them out, and then someone lurking trying to you know get a piece of you because they are a d bag. At its core, it's still someone <laughs> recording you without it's your a different consent. Different context. Yeah, I love spicy talk. Hit us up at Yee. LGT Show. Let us know. Get involved in the conversation because honey, we need to hear from you on social media. LGT Show. Let us know.
And of course, coming up, what are we talking about? Well, I don't know. Sure. Should what you are we work about? as hard as you're being paid? What oh, this guy cute. did as he was quitting, and I don't know if it was the right thing to do. That's next. Woo! Okay, so you surely have heard us talk about the great resignation by now, in which many people have made the decision to quit their toxic, low-paying jobs. But a new TikTok has sparked another debate about salary. This TikTok user uh, reenacted an interaction he had with his boss a few weeks prior in which the two discussed his job performance. Here it is. Well, yes, in 2020 uh, was the second year in a row I didn't get a raise, even though I was the top employee. And when I asked why I couldn't get a raise, you said it was because my position. No, my pay was a fair market value for my position. And when I asked for my pay falls on the pay grade scale, you said it was below the median. So the below the average of what I could make uh, in my position. So at that point, I just decided I'm going to become a fair market value employee and put in a below average amount of effort because that's what I feel like you pay me to do. You've created an environment where there's no incentive for me to work hard, so I don't. Okay, so this is interesting, right? Um, Because... Must be nice. I mean... So one do this because he actually I believe he actually quit his actual job and this is the I mean this is the literal conversation that he had mm-hmm. and so what we got to think about this idea of an um, employee who is saying all right well since I'm I don't make enough I'm gonna just do as much work as the amount of money I'm getting paid what do we think about that is that problematic or is he like actually standing his ground and doing something good I feel like at that point just quit. Like, why, you know, just quit Come and, on, Ms. Boss. And, and leave your this job. coming from a CEO. I mean, yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, and I'm on both sides of it, right? I'm an employee, but yet I have my own company. I think in the end, you want to, and of course, depends on the context and the situation. If something's, yeah, abusive and toxic, I get it, leaving it maybe on a quote unquote bad note. But I think you want to leave it on as good a note as you can. Because in the end, those might be people, they, they go to your former employer for a recommendation. Right. And even if it didn't work out, I think that's okay. It's just for people to know that you are respectful and professionally courteous. That's what matters. Right. And and so I don't know to put a company on blast like that, unless once again, there's a really real good enough reason, which you could say this was. But at what point are you going to be like a martyr? You know, yeah. At what point are you going to be a hero or martyr? And is it really going to help you or is it going to make someone who hires you next feel like they can't trust you and you're not actually a professional? This this would definitely be a turnoff if I was in a hiring position, if I saw that an employee I was researching had this TikTok. What I will say is that it speaks to the hustle culture in American capitalism because, uh, hello, wake up call, sir, who here is getting paid their actual worth. I mean, I know that there are some, but it's a very, very uh, few percentage of us that are. And then those that even are still feel underpaid. Like, that is literally the foundation of American capitalism. So I don't know, does he think he's special because he's putting in half the work? And I also think that this speaks to a certain degree of privilege, right? I don't think that people who literally need their jobs, and that's not me saying that he doesn't, but people who need their jobs don't play games like this. It's very true. You just go I on LinkedIn behind your employer's back and you get to, or you you know you get to to networking and hobnobbing to monkey bar into your next position. But we we I don't agree. play these type of reindeer games. I agree, I agree with I agree with everything that's basically been said so far, but I, I do want to play devil's advocate here a little bit. Okay. Because mm-hmm. when we're talking about the culture of it all of like kind of continuing, you know, this idea of workers just continuing being unpaid, clearly the great resignation has taken this country by storm with people being like, I can't take it anymore. Yeah. 
if someone doesn't say anything, if things aren't like actions aren't happening, how else are we supposed to kind of hold these corporations kind of? Uh, accountable for their company culture that they have and their it'll like, never work. It's just a turnover rate, right? It just continues it'll, happening. It's so like, how do you how do you balance so that? So the thing it'll is, it'll never work. If if this person had said, "Hey, I just quit my job," you know, because of X, Y, and Z, then I'd be like, "Okay, good on you." But it'd be like, "I'm going to stay here and just prove something," and like it's almost like you start just. Well, they had nine weeks left. They well, were already planning on quitting. What I will say is that it will never work because, like I often say, as the freelancer in the room, is it's the wild, wild west. True. If a publication comes to me and I tell them my rate is eight hundred dollars for this article and they don't want to pay me that, they're going to find someone to do it for two fifty. No, that's very true. So that's very true. There, the turnover rate that you mentioned is very real. But as far as like holding these companies accountable, it will never work because there's always someone willing to take way less than you for that same position. But, so how does, yeah. okay, and this might be a big stretch mm. with me comparing it in this way, but when there was like an entire like Me Too movement of it all. Okay. How, how if, where it was a large groups of people com- coming out speaking about their yeah. experience, how does that an example of this and the great resignation in comparison if if it doesn't happen, if people aren't speaking up, one, how, how right, can so you So one not, is, you know, well, there's two sides. One, uh, it goes back to what's right and what's legal, like legalities. Me if too. Oh, is, me too still happens. Oh, no, yeah, I'm not saying true. it's not, by the way. I'm not I mean, saying it's obviously, not. But the, I mean, the, there's both. But like, in terms of, yeah, in terms of calling people out or holding people accountable, that definitely needs to happen. But it takes, I guess for me, why I'm saying by that is like there was, a so, there was a strength of numbers and there was a social movement but, yeah. that happened what's, with people being like, I'm over it. And that's what we're seeing with the great resignation. But what's the balance between then someone just compl- uh, complaining, inventing, and just being "quote unquote" unprofessional. If what's if, their what? What is your definition of complaining and just venting? Well, I mean, what this person and, and did. it's subjective because in, in with respect, I know that you weren't com- comparing this in the Me Too movement. Yeah, no, but no. but with respect to that, we need jobs in order to eat and keep a roof over our head, and so that's what I think. People get fearful, even that's if true. there is strength in numbers. If we yeah. had a strike right now, that's true. I don't know if I'd leave this chair. That's true because I need my check. I, I because I have bills. There's to just pay. some people have more of a privilege to kind of in the end. In the end, in the end things in things are going to change as new generations come into power. A new type, different types of people come into power. It's inevitable. And if you're not happy in your position, I would say don't leave there, but start looking and seeing what's out there because if you're clear about your values and what you want to do and what type of people you want to work with, you will find that. It just doesn't mean doesn't mean in what not, world? Uh, in what world? You saw me turn up my Wait, face. What world, no, Shira? There were there are. I would say. I what say job quit. have you had that you have one hundred percent loved? It even though I didn't you've say one hundred percent. I said you will learn to uh, like like there Name will be a the job that you have had that you have aligned yourself with that you have one hundred percent loved and you like I manifested this. I'm doing all this and I've gotten that job. I would say my current situation I'm in, it's not one job, it's my current lifestyle. Mm. Okay. We gotta you know go, I mean? y'all. We went way over. We Woo! gotta go. We'll be right back. <laughs> well, we've got more music coming up right here on Channel Q, but right now we've got more show. We've been having some really I was, I was good about to say the, the real show is off air. Behind the scenes. Yeah. The real show is when you all are listening to the music bopping your head. We be in here. <laughs> With veins coming out of our forehead. <laughs> but I think it's so important because it, it, it allows us to to really see each other in ways that makes us fully understand our experiences and, and the situations that we go through. We are the basis. world. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, coming up on the show, monogamy isn't healthy, at least according to one TV host. That's in 30 minutes. Plus, Miss Cleo has got a new documentary. 
What's going on? Miss Cleo is a psychic, right? Call me now. Yes. Yeah, that's coming out with Char. Did they show her commercials and her ads in Canada when you were growing up? Because they were all over the United States. I don't remember that. I remember uh, an older lady with white hair and a dog. Oh, no, that ain't Miss Cleo, baby. That ain't Miss Cleo was Jamaican. Call me now. (laughs) I'm happy you're doing that T-Report. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Well, let's get into some what's trending right now this hour. Representative Lauren Boebert made up a new gender identity in an attempt to attack President Biden and mock transgender people at the same time. But she only really showed just how much she defines herself by her... Um, lack of empathy towards humanity. Uh, she said, identify as non-binary, a reference to non-binary gender identities. <sighs> Why isn't anyone tired? It's I mean, like, that is really... kind of creative, though. I mean, it, I won't take away from it. Non-binary, Cause, cause that she, is kind of creative. She and that Marjorie woman, they are grasping for apples. Yeah. Um, Whatever is, she's smoking, this pass is, it. This is that one was good. You don't want that passed to you because then you might be it up might there be laced with something with with uh, with Trumpism. That's what it's laced <laughs> with. <laughs> you gonna be subpoenaed. <laughs> now, uh, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell and a few team owners and executives met Thursday with civil rights leaders who urged the league to make drastic changes to its hiring practices to improve diversity and leadership positions. Goodell was joined on video uh, call. It's not hard. Yes. Uh, by everyone from Pittsburgh Steelers president, Atlanta Falcons owner, chairman, um, just a whole slew of folks and other NFL executives. Uh, National Urban League president and CEO Mark A.H. Morial told the group that the NFL's focus on racial equity and social justice recently hasn't yet resulted in improved hiring procedures for these head coaches. I must say, I don't understand what's the point of all these meetings. It's it's not hard. Statistically, y'all don't, black people be damned, y'all don't hire anyone of color. It's all black men on the field and then white team owners. Like, why, why are we meeting with civil rights leaders? It's not rocket science. Your hiring practices are trash and anti-black. And you think you're going to put a Band-Aid on it by giving us a hippity-hoppity halftime show at the Super Bowl? Get out <laughs> oh of here. God. And then hiring that black woman get out of here. to oh, go against. Oh, please. Please don't get the me black started. Man, like, how that is Wait, Absolutely. That? How so, you know, Obviously, the NFL is being sued by a black coach. Uh, yeah, I see. Yeah. Uh, uh, former head coach of the Miami Dolphins. And Thank so you. they basically hired a black lawyer who's like a... She's Loretta re- Lynch, right? Yeah, she's representing the NFL, the NFL. to go Loretta against this... Yes. And it's like an entire... It's, it's so embarrassing, crass. quite frankly. Happy Black History disgusting. Month. Happy freaking Black History Month. Just like, Month. yeah, we're gonna put them together. We're gonna put them against each other. Let's do it. Wow. And they think giving us Dr. Dre, Snoop, and Mary is enough of a band aid. And Eminem kneeling. They think we're gonna <laughs> forget about everything. No. What did you think of Eminem doing that? I didn't. I didn't know it was it a kneel. Me. I thought it was him literally doing yeah. like a R.I.P. to like uh, like a rest in peace thing to Dr. Dre playing like all the dead people that have that like like Tupac, he was playing get Tupac and, and like and the, yeah. yeah he was like playing the music. I thought that was taking a moment say, of silence. I didn't even realize the kneel. I gotta thing. say I didn't. I did not catch it in real time. I just saw like, all yeah. the hoopla online, yeah. and it's like okay, applause, applause. It's still the bare minimum. Eminem could be doing way more with his platform oh. and his resources. I mean, but but Neil so, and get your roses. First of all, Eminem is so homophobic, I'm never going to praise him on anything that he's doing. And then also... I thought he got better with that. The, cra- <laughs> the only thing he got better was his dye job of his beard. 
Um, and here's the thing. I The crazy thing that I realized about the whole entire thing was the end racism thing. But that apparently was like, it's throughout the... Wait, what the hell? Uh, what? Uh, the was, end yeah, of the, the, the end zone. Correct. Yeah. Woo! It said end racism? It said end racism. Oh. But apparently that's been, it's been there the entire so, season. So the NFL got that on they It's on the grass. Okay. It's so the, that, I mean, so because stadium. when you put it on the grass... It means something. It, and on, racism offense. is over. I felt better after seeing it. Touchdown to ending racism. <laughs> I felt so good after seeing it. I was like, thank you for I'm that. I'm getting a headache. I'm ending the, you're ending the racism, NFL. <laughs> every, every person happy. that gets a shutdown. Oh, no uh, every person that gets a touchdown is an uh, ending racism. Another person that I don't know, we take out of your joke is flailing, yeah, Shira. Okay. Shira. I was trying to save it. I tried to save it. Thank you. you. And she kept talking. She kept talking through it. She didn't clock that. Oh. <laughs> oh, I was going to do another uh, What's Trending This I Hour. I think we should move. We are on. moving on to entertainment news. On. Okay. What's Ryan, going on, Char? your tea report. I'm not doing this Clea. Oh, that's my tea report. Yes, that is okay. you. Well, you well, you love show. this Clea. If Ryan doesn't want to do it, it, he will tell you. I will. Yes. I will do the it's damn. It's Black History Month. I, you don't think I should? I will do the damn Miss Cleo. Uh, before I hop into this story. Well, because Miss Cleo was before my time. I don't really know Miss Oh, Ms. wow. Cleo. You're trying me. Before we hop into this story, let's refresh everyone's memory. Shout out to Cleo. Go ahead, Justin. Who asked you to go out of town? The stupid young one or the married one? The married one. That's what me thought. Don't go. You hear me? Hmm. And you know what? You're not listening to me because I see you going. <laughs> I see you going. I'm just telling you. I'm trying to help you to avoid the heartache. Don't go blindly through life. Let me use the power of the tarot to show you the way. Call me now for your free reading. <laughs> See, I was now. feeling that. See, I know Miss Cleo from like when Raven Baxter Raven did it on That's a Raven, and oh. she no. there's a whole episode. Wait, she played her. Yeah, well, it was like it was like a, it was a, a parody of it. It well, was a parody of it. Raven got into because she was a psychic. There's a documentary in in the works. Miss Cleo was never Jamaican, by the way. She's an L.A. native named. Wait, she Yuri. was putting on that. Yes, yeah, she's an actress. Her name was Yuri Del Harris. Oh, she my. died of cancer back oh. in 2016, I believe, at the age of 50. But I have to say, as someone who grew up with Miss Cleo ads, I'm excited for this documentary, especially because, oh, she oh. also was a lesbian. Did not know there that. There you go. But, you know, with all of the things going on with the Tinder swindler and inventing Anna, this is a scammer moment right now. The scammers are really having their moment. Was she really a scammer if she was an actress? She yeah. was just a really yeah. good actress. She, yeah, no, she didn't have she powers. Up, she psychic powers. Up, she didn't no have psychic. No psychic does, Shira. That's not true. Yeah, I don't, I'm with you with that, Thank Shira. You. However, <laughs> she works to scam people out of over $1 billion. Okay, because you have to call in. Then you got your high phone bill. She was getting paid. So, so she knew what she was doing was fake. Who's so? If you have an uh, agency to pick up the phone and call Miss Cleo and give her the money, if they is hired, that a scam? If they hired you to be Mr. Dubois and put on an accent and a turban, call me now, and you, and you would do it. <laughs> yes, I, it is a scam. Yes, I, it I, is. Don't, I don't. I don't understand. If you're calling me, you're dialing the number, but you, and yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm telling yeah, you yeah, my thoughts. It's, it's, what you're purporting yeah. is that you are real. There's no disclaimer with this, so people were buying it, and she was very talented. But like I said, scammers are having a moment with the documentaries, and I'm excited to see the Miss Cleo one because I'm a child of the '90s, and I grew up seeing Miss Cleo every two commercial breaks saying, "Call me now." That's the entertainment news for this, this hour. Like a, a, was she a hero for you? <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say during Black History Month, Shira? Are you saying that this black woman who was a scammer is a hero for me? What are you What are you implying on these airwaves? I think today? it's harmful to call this black woman a scammer. Oh, I think go. she was just living in America. She was that getting was her reparations. And period. That's it. <laughs> 
As we wrap up the Winter Olympics, it brings up many conversations about the pressure athletes put on themselves to win. Interestingly enough, in a 1995 study, psychologists Victoria Medvek, SF Maddie, and Thomas Gilovich reported that bronze medalists on the whole, appeared significantly happier than the silver medalists who beat them out, which is really interesting that that would be the case, Yeah, right? that is. Well, here to share more is John A. List, a professor of economics at the University of Chicago, and he also has a new book out called The Voltage Effect, How to Make Good Ideas Great and Great Ideas Scale. Well, all right. Now. Yes. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. So... I find right. this study so interesting, and I also listened to a podcast about this, the the Happiness Podcast, I think that's what it's called, and they yeah, talked yeah. about uh, what happiness means to different people in terms of wins and failure, but has anything changed since this study? You know, it really hasn't. When you, when you look at this year's Winter Games, and one example is what happened after the freestyle skiing Big Air Final for the women. You had a silver medalist, Tess Ledeau, from the United States, who was just uh, extremely distraught because she won silver. And the other two, including Eileen Gu and Matilda Grimaud, were were actually consoling her. Mm. Yeah, what I thought was really interesting in your um, article, you talked about uh, how testing these effects of different mental perspective plays a key role in many kind of experiments that look at behavior. Why does that play such a key role? That's a great question. What, what we've narrowed it down to is it looks like the, the manner in which our brains imagine what's called the counterfactual or the alternative outcome. Mm. It shows that for a silver medalist, what they're thinking about is, I should have won the gold and I didn't. But for the bronze medalist, they're thinking, whew, thank God I got third rather than fourth because I have some metal here around me. (laughs) And so it's all about what our brains do to saying what would have happened had this not happened. So the implication of winning first and and gold and silver and second and bronze and third and et cetera, et cetera, how do these factors then play into mental health regarding the entire thing? Oh, gosh, I I think that's exactly what we're seeing play out um you know the last summer olympics it was just uh just heartbreaking what happened with simone biles and you you see both men and women this is a a disease that is non-discriminatory it affects everyone and it's the pressure that both society and the individuals themselves place on what color metal they actually walk away with and when they don't walk away with that or they believe they're not going to, they end up paralyzing themselves. Mm. And this is just in a case of, well, we should be celebrating these athletes, and we end up watching them punish themselves to the point to where they can't even perform. Yeah, it is really tough. I wonder how this type of perspective or how we've set ourselves up in terms of like medals and awards. And, you know, we have obviously competitions, which are natural and it's entertaining and it's part of industries, but how it's impacted us as a society as a whole. You know, I think it really has negatively affected both how we view competition and how we enter, say, the job market or what have you, because we've actually set ourselves up to always looking at a counterfactual that in many cases can't even be achieved or or achievable. And I think society from the very beginning tells us to reach for the stars and do this, do that. And it actually sets us up for 
this cognitive failure that can be very detrimental to humans. Yeah, it really could. And I guess for us regular people who aren't athletes, um, how can we take these type of conversations and uh, really apply them to our lives so they don't uh, impact us in the ways that we see them, I mean, impacting athletes or just when it comes to trying to, you know, get to a certain goal in your life. And if you don't get to the goal that you set, you don't get deadly, like, you know, disappointed over it. No, that's right. I think one example is, think about the Olympic athlete. The true win is just being there. It's being over Mm -hmm. in Beijing. And after that, the rest is simply gravy. And I think in life, we need to take a broader perspective about exactly what we're doing and not allow the individual losses or gains that are really small in the scope of life affect our overall mental well-being. Okay, so the interesting thing here is when we're talking about, like, there was the first black woman who won a speed skating situation, right? Mm -hmm. If she didn't get that gold medal and she got, like, a silver or a bronze, I guess I would understand when you're coming to the experience with more of a nuanced lens and you are a person of color and you're entering into the Olympics because a lot of times it's like that doesn't really happen for marginalized communities in the ways that we we see it happen for others. And so I wonder, when it comes to marginalized communities, do we feel that intensity more because we know we have something to prove, Mm -hmm. right? How can this type of conversation really uh, attach itself and understand the nuances of different, you know, like life experiences and um, nuanced experiences? No, I think you're right. Look, uh, each experience is different for each person. And when we look at these situations whereby we might be representing an entire community, an, an entire race, an entire species, if you want to go all the way to that extreme, yeah. um, we, we can place a lot of weight on ourselves. And this can be very crippling, uh, very crippling to the sense of we have to make sure that we don't impose those kinds of constraints and pressures on marginalized communities. And I think that's something we always need to be thinking about as a society. Okay. Well, thank you so much. we got to have you back on because I want to know from here, I think, a part two where it's like, how do we then find success and hit our goals without putting that pressure on ourselves? Because I think that's a whole other thing. But John A. List, we really appreciate you for joining us today. Professor of Economics at the University of Chicago. Uh, Check out his new book, The Voltage Effect, How to Make Good Ideas Great and Great Ideas Scale. Available now. Thanks again. Thanks for having me. Take care. You too. What's coming up next, Ryan? Okay, well, according to one celebrity TV host, monogamy isn't healthy. Oh. Um, Shar, <laughs> can't wait to get into that with my favorite traditionalist coming up next. Who it is? Nick Cannon with oh. the 7,000 baby mamas in the 1,700 surprise, babies. Surprise, surprise, surprise. And so um, he basically reveals um, that he, he just basically says that monogamy isn't healthy as he reveals whether his children were all p- planned and he was doing an appearance on a podcast where he opened up about a variety of topics and he said um basically he says i'm never going to say that most of these pregnancies were unplanned i'm going to take full responsibility any woman that i love uh, any woman that i know that Hmm. i have unprotected sex with there's a potential to have a child so i feel like if i have unprotected sex with anyone i know because one i value everything about me so much if i've gotten to that point where i say i can take off this condom she could be the mother of my child 
quote. Um, mm, what I think is interesting about that quote is yet again, you know, the statistics we read last Friday when I was here. I don't understand why cishet people act like a baby is the quote unquote worst, and I'm using air quotes, thing that can come out of unprotected sex. Especially when the the, the data is saying that there's an uptick in getting HIV. Well, that's and what I'm saying yeah. about that statistic. You like, know, it's not the worst. I don't want to HIV shame because right. people live and, and, and have prosperous But lives. there's still a plethora of things that can come from unprotected sex. Oh, for sex. sure. Like, I, honestly, I'd venture to say the ba- a baby is the least of your worries. Well, <laughs> let, let me bring up the monogamy part of this because uh, he basically touched on this and said that he only considers himself or as someone else or someone else as not single if they are married. He said, married is not single. When you allow the government and paperwork to come in and say, this is a oh, bond, this is a covenant, you're not single. You can still make covenants without getting the government involved where two people say, we choose to be monogamous because we value this so much. Uh, we don't want anyone to be a part of this energy we have. He says, I don't think monogamy is healthy. I feel like that gets into the space of selfishness and ownership. See, I'm, I'm fine if someone wants to say, this is what I want for me, but I hate when they start making these overarching statements like but if you decide that for you it's kind of like you're wrong or like it also encourages I feel like guys specifically to say like well this is why I don't I I get to cheat on you this is why I get to be with other women and see that's my thing the exact reasons why he gave why he think monogamy is is unhealthy someone could flip that and say the same for polyamory it's selfish and whatever whatever adjectives he used on top of that I'd be interested in knowing what Nick would think if women he was involved with had a harem of men so to speak Oh, if he, yeah, if he would true. have this same energy yeah. because everybody looks at this from a patriarchal lens yes but when women when women got the, the steering wheel it's no fun what, yeah. what's, what's the saying it, it's no fun when the rabbit got the gun so it's uh, oh, no, I didn't even I had never heard of that yeah. now, that's it's, a charism for sure well it's it's something that oftentimes different groups who typically aren't male or cisgender yeah. use it's no fun it's all fun and games when, when you're playing but it's no fun when the rabbit got the gun okay mm. so I I don't first of all Nick Cannon is probably not the person that I'm going to say has the range to really even speak about these sort of things just of how he's shown the publicly how he's handled his own mess um but I do think this idea of monogamy um, is rooted in uh, in something that was kind of made up and constructed. Totally, as, like in a, colonialism. Yeah, it's well, colonialism, right? And I think yeah. I think it, it is something that I do feel like we should be able to examine in ways. And I don't think it's necessary to uh, call it, uh, put a blanket statement and say that monogamy is unhealthy or isn't healthy. Like I don't I don't think that's okay. But I do think it is something that is rooted in colonialism and our colon. What well, is, no, you, yeah, that's what I was like. Yeah. And I also feel like. It, I, I would, in my own case, be interested in, in, in navigating and examining other forms of relationships with see, partners if that's what we <laughs> yeah, want to do. Everyone has their d- d- different thing that works for Whatever them. Whatever floats your boat. Exactly. I just think that, and, and we've talked about this with Nick, with Nick Cannon specifically. It's this idea we've that had he's, great conversations yeah, on this show but, about uh, monogamy. Yeah, it, but it's this idea that he's like, okay, polyamory. obviously he just might as well say he's polyamorous, right? He doesn't believe in that. I think he said, yeah, I think thing. he's saying. That um, but then also, there is this a bit of a lack of responsibility. Like he is bringing children and individuals and humans into the world, yeah, and like. 
you know, relying basically then on the mom. And maybe there is discussion of like, you know, that's what they want. They actually wanted a child and they hadn't met anyone. And they No, you know? he said that he's like, oh, she would make a great mom. I, he did not imply so that like there was picking, a discussion. he's like like casting the moms yes. and all that. Yeah, and that's he weird. also, it's also crazy that he's saying all of this when he was just also in the news like a day ago saying that Crying he, about Mariah. He, he reg- well, not even Mariah, but he, he regretted not spending as much time with the, the child that just passed. Mm. And my thing is, if you have the, if you if you're understanding the fact that you are so spread thin that you can't even spend you couldn't even spend time with the final days with your son that passed what are you doing like you got to really think about why are you planting your seed it's so many things also, and you know you don't have the the, the yeah. you know the space to even give a fatherly attention so to it so here's the thing and whatever floats your boat as we mentioned i find sometimes polyamory is used as an excuse for just like you're having <gasps> And we know, like, relationships that aren't, is like, is this a, cons- a consensual healthy thing? Well, it's because he took the angle, which I hate. Which His a lot angle of men, isn't healthy. Which I, which I hate but that. I'm saying, but people do I hate that. when a lot of men do this when, yeah. when they approach things and saying, well, if you're not married, then you're single. Stay away from me with that philosophy. <laughs> the, stay away, because that, that, that does not apply. Yeah. That's not my ministry. Are we together or are we not? Because that That's does not true. then you give you license to go out there I do, and dip and do. But it. I do think there are plenty of monogamous. people out there who have ethical, poly, poly, poly like polyamorous yeah, totally. relationships. But then there's so many others that, and who I've known play. those. I've oh, known those sure. people that are in very unhealthy, and it happens in polyamory and, and monogamous and relationships. It does happen. That's but good in to the know. end, you could if you, like if one person is like, "This is what I want," and the other person's not into that, but you're in a polyamorous relationship. That is a toxic situation. Well, that's not a polyamorous relationship if both parties aren't into it. But we should know, Shira made a good point. There are unhealthy... Polyamory isn't the cure to your problems. There are unhealthy polyamorous relationships. Well, of course. As well. Yeah, of course. It's used as a guide to not look at deeper issues I agree with that. But we can't make that a blanket statement and say that's everyone's situation because we've had had amazing experts on this show who are rooted in ethical non-monogamy and it works for them. But when we see this... when Especially with a black feminist lens... Totally. Well, shout out to our girl that was on the show. I can't remember. No, her but name, we're but speaking. Was we're speaking directly to Nick Cannon's comments. His Poly- commentary was awful. Polyamory is not the the quote unquote cure for everybody and everything. It shouldn't even be looked at as a cure because I gonna, like the point that yes. you made. There are unhealthy situations within polyamory. Yeah, you got to find what works for you. I'm a monogamous girl. I ain't got time for all of that. One man is enough. Well, let's move back to TikTok. Always has some sort of controversy happening. Which me on TikTok. I have to slay Oh. Plug. Yeah. Well, Come on, digital real estate. <laughs> the slay got across the board. You know. This TikToker has sparked backlash for filming himself leaving a 200% tip for a restaurant server. And so a lot of people said, you know, this is really nice. Um, he showed himself documented him leaving the tip um but other people said you're just showing off to the point where he even made the news and here's his response it doesn't matter how you live your life what you do what you say you will always be judged by somebody else all right they will agree or disagree with you the best thing to do is ignore the noise and do and be you if that's what you want to do at that moment do it all right if that's what you want to say because you believe it's to be true because it's who you are then say it because i have people that said he's greedy he doesn't donate or give back to his community when i do a video that i give back then people say i'm flexing i'm bragging and uh it's not sincere because i try to get view 
So no matter what you do, you're not going to please everyone. So just do you. Well, that's true. You oh. can't please everyone. He has such a juicy mouth. I can hear it through the, uh, it's distracting. It kind of made me can uncomfortable. Can you not use the word juicy? I mean, it, it was like, did he just have a starburst and decide to record the, the video? Maybe he has a He's speech passionate. impediment. Passionate. Well, does a speech impediment give you a juicy mouth? It can, like if you have a lisp or something. Oh, well, school me today. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. I think it is a bit cringy to do like do nice things and document yourself it's beyond doing cringy. it. Uh, I tend to think like, well, I think it's really good to show how you're you're giving back and like, but. At the same time, those videos, you know those videos that really bother me? The ones where the people capture themselves, like, helping the homeless and giving a makeover to a homeless person. Or, like, leaving, like, like food or, like, changing someone's life. I think that it's been amazing. Like, it has changed people's lives. But then you wonder, are you doing this for attention? But what's the difference between having a panel about, you know, Black History Month or, like, our, our queer people and you're, like, bringing a group of people to talk about, like, these things? Like, what's the difference? Because that inherently is, like, media. Like, you're, like, you know, you're kind of not bragging about like, it, but what we're doing yeah, yeah. right like that's a, that's inherently the same what thing a, so it's kind of like for me i don't know why people are so upset I, you know i'm a sir i used to be a server i mm. love a big temper I, my yeah. biggest tip was seven hundred dollars wow and that was on one drink and he, he gave it to me around the holidays it was a beautiful situation that made me feel wonderful it was just him he was a little drunk he was ta- he was playing pool and we was just talking i will say that it was uh illegal for us to accept tips at macy's at the cosmetics counter but there were people who would come you know i've oh. changed lives with makeup yes. brushes uh, well, yeah and that they makes would sense. come but what i will say is my personal politic i think it's extremely tacky to document these things but you brought up makeovers i'm not too offended by makeovers but if you're going around giving people who are unhoused a hundred dollar bills and that's recording I mean. it's it for like, content. It's, it's so tacky and it makes me question yeah. the motive. Yeah, like, yes, they got that. the hundred bucks, but it makes me really, really question the motive. So I don't follow this guy on, on TikTok, but if that's a lot of what he does, I could see the, the criticism. And if he also understands that people won't always agree with him, why is he yelling yeah. So his camera? TikTok, I'm looking at it right now, yeah, is, he is a, literally a financial, his bio says self-made millionaire, seven-figure real estate wholesaler, founder of TMC NFT. Sure, that's you. Um, and... <laughs> And so, like, he literally is talking about how people can make money. He's like one of them, oh, I'm going to slide in how you could turn $5,000 to $10,000. He's one of those people. Never trust And so, when literally, because that's scammer. You talking about Miss Cleo. That's a scammer. Now, when he's the next documentary. And so, my thing is, I I find it a little cringeworthy that, you know, if he tipped 200% and he's like, he he made a whole spectacle for for his TikTok, that's like, for what? What's the point of that? And also, because we have to go. What I will say is in his position, it's best to set it and forget it. Why are you yelling at us on TikTok if you know that I'm going to I'm willing to put money, no pun intended, money on it, that this is not the first video that people have railed against him about. Yeah, if, that's the, if that's his content. So then yeah. why follow it up with this video if you know that everybody's not going to agree with you? You post the video of you flashing your money and, quote unquote, helping someone and you... Go on a day. day. You, yeah. you will always get haters. Yeah. Always, but then calling it out. A lot of people will also say who have social media followings like this or have grown, they know it's like all press is good press. They know they get more attention. They like having that conversation. But should we be happy it. that someone just got tipped 200%? Exactly. Oh, Let's I'm focus very on that. I'm like, very I'm, I'm very Let's happy focus that, on that. That man's I, night was made. I don't know how much 200% was. Well, it was like, like 90 yeah, something dollars. It was like $90? Yeah. Uh, I wonder how big the bill was. So intense matters. Like, he Listen, can do a little better. If he, he a self-made millionaire, girl, and let's really talk about capitalism. Tap bigger money. We are wrapping up the shows we always do with our Yes Queen of the Day. Yeah. 
Yes, Queen. Okay, this one. Actually, we have two of them. Starting with my fellow Canadians. The women's ice hockey team took home gold yesterday morning after beating out Team USA. Uh, But what's great about this is that the team is filled with a lot of members of the community. And so uh, they uh, they scored a victory for gay athletes as well while winning for the country. At least seven players on the Canadian women's hockey team are openly LGBTQ, making it the gayest Winter Olympic team of all time. Yeah, and I actually... um the, one of the women on there is also indigenous. She's the first indigenous woman on there as well. Look at that. Even, never mind, but she's great. She's breaking ground. Beautiful. I love have, it. Yeah. And a second Yaz Queen today, transgender equality activists scored a major win in Kuwait as the country's court struck down a law that has been long used to criminalize transgender identity. So good on them for finally doing this. Two laws in the Muslim majority country are used to prosecute people for being LGBTQ. And finally, they are no longer around as uh, so they've been struck down. And the court said it's vague and inconsistent with the Constitution's keenness to ensure and preserve personal freedom. Amnesty International welcomed the decision, saying it was a major breakthrough. Kuwait, yeah. That is great. Yeah. And that's our Yaz Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. Our Yaz Queens, I should have said. Yes. And yes. everyone, please have a safe and happy and healthy three-day weekend. Oh, yes, President Say, I hope you get your mattress. Yeah, actually, I'm going to go look into that now. I need to, I need to, you know, depending yeah. on how this day goes. No. Oh, you're saying that you're going to break it. You're going to break your current one. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> well, we will be reporting back, or Ryan will, on Tuesday. Yeah. Let on us know what how- day? Tuesday. On Tuesday. <laughs> On Tuesday. That's how I say it. CH. Shout out to Old Canada. Okay, I'm done talking. Close out. Thank you to Shar for joining us every Friday here on Channel Q at Shar Says So is where you can find her on social media. Oh, yes. And what does she do every Friday? I do TGIFs every Friday. And I go, Sundays. I go live in studio right here at Channel Q and I talk my talk. And then on Sundays, well, there might be some stuff cooking for the Sundays with oh. Shar segment. But check me out. I am on social as Shar Says So. Love that. And that does it for the show today. We're back Monday weekdays here on Channel Q, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern Live. If you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There. We are sending you love and light. And honey, happy birthday, Desi. And remember to slay, queen. Have a great weekend. Bye. You're so sassy. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 